0: Learn more at marines.com. And now, a page from the Diary of Flow. Dear Diary, there's something about protecting people's homes through Progressive that inspires me, because I just had an idea for a book. Well, it was originally an idea for a movie based on a play inspired by a podcast, but the idea is how you can save when you bundle home and auto. Hmm, might not be the best idea for a book. Save an average of 17% on car insurance when you bundle home and auto through Progressive. Maybe a radio commercial? Guess we'll never know Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Discounts not available in all states or situations
1: Welcome back everybody To another edition of the Off Top Podcast Otherwise known as the Back to Papa Podcast Lo, you play NBA Street, remember Back to Papa? When you chuck it off the backboard and get it right back I know you know Uh Lo
2: man, say what's up to be. Another, Another terrible it was wavy. It was
1: wavy. Come that's on, that's another bro.
2: terrible one. But obviously, I know, I know what that is. Obviously, come on, let's let's don't be stupid. I obviously know what it is. But uh, shout out to everybody who listens to the podcast. On my podcast, people out there, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Off Top Podcast. And uh, I'm low. I didn't even say who I was. Yeah, I'm low. You know what I'm saying? Legend of winning headass But uh, let's okay. <laughs> let's get into it, man.
1: If you're still, I'm telling you, I'm, I keep trying to talk people I'm the main character. The main character wouldn't have to introduce himself, right? He'd oh just be my like, God. Hey. I'm just saying, right? Um, Lowe, there's a couple hot teams in the NBA right now. Portland is on a 10-game streak. Well, I'm, just I'm sorry, won. I'm sorry,
2: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We gotta talk about your boy Wiggins first. We gotta open can up you, with Wiggins. Can, yo,
1: you gotta cut off the first story? No, to, no, to no, talk? no,
2: no, 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 no. We gotta open up with Wiggins. We got to. Because I want to oh. make sure... We knocked down Wiggins first. So,
1: you I, got I, a lot I, of hate in your heart, man. I just want you, no <laughs> I I you to know. No, I don't.
2: This is a fact. So, I, you, I'll, open I it up. I'll open it up for you. I'll open it up. For people out there who don't know, recently it's been reported that Wiggins is whispering. I don't know why he's yeah, whispering. He's whispering in his teammates' ear that he doesn't like to be the third option. Now, before I get into it and before I go in, because I'm going to go in. Try to defend your man Wiggins, please do.
1: Why do you think I'm immediately going to defend him, bro? Do you? Oh, so you you're not. So that... you. So you think he's wrong too? No. See, you're just jumping to sides, bro. It's not binary. I'm just saying that my ability to be objective overrides all my subjective. All right,
2: then let me. let me let me hear your, let me hear your take on it. Then let me hear what your thoughts on it
1: because I know you thought about it. So let me hear what you got to say. How you getting played, Max? But the third option on the team. Yeah, of course he's going to feel like that. I mean. You, to be fair, there's plenty of things wrong with the Timberwolves. There's plenty of reasons. They should be capitalizing right now. And this shouldn't even be close. They shouldn't even need Jimmy Butler to be able to succeed in the Western Conference. Because they have that kind of talent around them. And especially because they've gotten those years to develop as a team with the chemistry. They shouldn't have, they shouldn't have been having all these issues. I, you can feel some type of way. They give you max money. When they sit you down low and they're like, yeah, we're giving you this money. They look at you and go, you're the future of the franchise. You're not getting max money unless you are. So then to turn around, Jimmy Butler's having a phenomenal year. He takes precedent. Of course, Cat does as well. You're going to feel some type of way. You can't be mad at him. for Whether you think like he deserves to feel that way or not, you could definitely look at him and know why he feels that way. I don't know what you're about to say, but I feel some type of way. You, if I got paid max, told I was going to be a franchise player, and then next thing you know, they bring in another player, next thing you're third option on a team. That's all I'm saying, Low. He was drafted first overall. He's not trying to be no third option. Well, right? Plus, he hasn't but, been playing horribly recently, so I know you're about to go off on uh, Wiggins is that and this. Like, he's been pretty, he's been shooting pretty efficient the last few weeks, man. Anyway, go for it, Low. What, what, what is your opinion? Look, man. I understand
2: Wiggins' frustration. Trust me, I do. I'm not trying to really knock on Wiggins and nah, Woody Asher. this has is just say. a
1: buffer to say no, no, what no, you no, really no. want I know, to say. No, 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 know, know,
2: I know, I do understand his frustration. I understand you were given the opportunity to sign that contract, and so you may have been influenced one way or another. However, as I'm doing this right now, I'm trying to figure out, because I'm almost 100% sure that Wiggins received that contract after they had traded for Jimmy Butler. Now that I'm looking at it, uh I, I believe I am correct, because Jimmy Butler was traded... During draft night, and Wiggins didn't receive that contract until October. So, Wiggins signed that contract with the idea that Jimmy Butler was going to be there. So, let, let's be clear about that. One, two, um, now don't get me wrong, he may have been convinced that him and Jimmy Butler may play a co star role on a perimeter. However, Wiggins is at a point in his career where, and I understand you were talking about like he, he's the first first uh, overall pick and, and XYZ, but I, I just honestly believe if you believe that you're that great of a player, then just show it. Just show it. Just just show people that you can be trusted with being the second or first option on the team. Because the problem is with Wiggins is that over the last three years, his scoring output has gone up. However, the team's success hasn't been that much success. And I know people are gonna sit here and say, well, they were young and XYZ man. And beating and um and beating Simmons are in their first second year in the league. And that's
1: different. They're in the East. Man. Come on.
2: It doesn't matter. They the, the um the Timberwolves were one of the worst teams last year. Even one thing if yeah, you you can might be able to make that argument if they were kind of straggling and, and they were barely making the playoffs. Nah, the seventy sixes are a legit playoff team. And if they were in the West, they would definitely have a better record than what the Timberwolves had last year, which was 31 and 51. Both Towns and Wiggins have to grow as individuals. However, when it comes to Wiggins, there's no, there's very little ground that he has gained in his first three to four years as a player who was expected to be the next great yeah, thing what's, into what's the league. What's up with
1: the, the, the NBA community on YouTube? Y'all Y'all got this thing, bro. Like y'all don't really mess with Wiggins at all. Yo, low, I can't go a game without somebody going. Wiggins shot this in the first quarter. Unbelievable! What a flop! I'm like, yo, it's the first you know, you quarter. You know, you know,
2: you know why? Because I remember when he first came into the NBA, and God forbid Wiggins did a fadeaway, and God forbid Kobe was guarding him, and for a week straight. It was nothing but oh my goodness, look at Wiggins and this and that in the third, and let's not also act like when Wiggins first came into the NBA, everyone kept calling him the next Kobe Bryant. There are a few videos on YouTube where people nah, were saying that. No, 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 T Mac, or T Mac, I didn't hear Kobe or T Mac or whoever whoever people were comparing him to, which is outrageous as well. So if you want to make that comparison and that's all we're going to hear for the first year a half of your career, then four years into your career, you need to start making some type of adjustments and development in your game to become those players. If not, then the same people who were talking about how he's supposed to be the next this or that should be the same people who are saying, wow, Wiggins really hasn't been living up to that type of hype. He's He's been... To a, to a certain extent, very disappointing, because regardless of the scoring numbers, and I know those have dipped, and, and again, you can make an argument because he's not a third option on that team, so I understand that. However, he still should have been able to grow as a player. Defensively, he hasn't grown as much. He's not a facilitator whatsoever. He's not knocking down threes, and he's becoming worse of a free throw shooter. So there is definitely some gripes about Andrew Wiggins growing as an individual, and if you have a concern about your role on a team, like I always say, just become a better player. That's it. Just be better. That's
1: horrible advice. That's this why you never take advice from Low. You say no. I don't you know, know.
2: If he can be a third option, I think people would value him as a third option. If he, if he. If he worked on some of his weaknesses, because as a third option, he's going to have to shoot threes. As a third option, he's going to have to play some defense. As a third option, he has to understand that he has to be really efficient or at least more efficient than he is right now because Towns and Butler are being the offense is being ran through them. So it doesn't make any sense for him to have he's shooting worse, worse field goal percentage than he has over the last two seasons. That makes no sense.
1: No, but he's he's doing considerably better now than he did to start We're talking about I mean, five games. I'm talking about like in the last month in general, he's been doing better. He'll have the off game. and You, sh- you should never, especially if you're a player like him, have a game where you shoot 14%. That's just ri- ridiculous, right? But I have a question. So a lot of the time we look at players like Kawhi and Giannis who are very athletic and we think athleticism translates to defense in which a lot of instances it does. But I watch a lot of Raptor games, and I've been paying attention to the Timberwolves because you guys can't, top, talk, can't stop talking smack about my guy Wiggins. Both athletic players, but they do a horrible job of staying in front of people. I know everyone likes to focus who, on Wiggins who's a, right now, who, who's other, but DeRozan is an MVP oh. talks, and he can't guard a soul. He just lets people walk by him. And it happens consistently, Lo. And so... I I never, it's not always that the the athleticism translates to defense. Maybe part of it is like wingspan and more physical features, right? Kawhi and Giannis are examples of people who have insane wingspan. So maybe it's just that you have to be gifted physically to have that type of advantage that those players have to be a consistent guy in the talks for Defensive Player of the Year. But when you look at a guy like Wiggins, man, I, I just, I think that you're being overly critical of him because of the, hype he was getting in his rookie season or before he entered the league. And if this was any other player, if he was drafted 8th or if he was drafted 18th or whatever, this same level of criticism wouldn't be there. And you can make the case that if he was drafted that low, like if, if he was drafted lower, that he wouldn't have gotten the same level of contract. Would if people have seen him, like people said he had a ceiling as high as T-Mac, right? People like, oh, he could be the next T-Mac. But you're going too crazy on him, bro. Like that's that's not the I'm, that's not the I don't think that's the main issue, and I don't we know that's not the only issue that team is facing. Plus, I think it's it's a growing year for the team. Last year that team was playing garbage, Low. It's the first year that they're gonna be in the playoffs. I'm, I'm, and they I'm might sorry, have let me, a, um, let me let me cut you off right now. Nah, cause here's the thing. Bro. I'm tired I'm
2: no 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 no. no. I'm, I'm tired. You're just to gonna people.
1: point to his field goal percentage. I'm not gonna point not, well, to his well, defense.
2: One, one what I was going to point to is over the last Month, like you say, he's played better than last month. He's basically put up the exact same stat line. So, I don't but know. But
1: it's, like- it's, it's more variable if you look at it game by game. You can't average everything and get the answers, Low like, he's having consistent games where he shoots 50, 60%. Then he has an off game against Houston shooting 14. Then he's back to consistent. Then he has an off game. No, shooting that, that's 28 not, per- that's not,
2: if, if that was the case, then it would level out to around 50%. He has one game no. where he. Sh- I'm, I'm, I'm literally looking at the game log right now. I'll have one game where he's shooting 54%. The next game, 14. The next game after that, 36. The next three games, he's shooting over 50%. The next game is, oh, now it's back down to 35%. The next game is 52%. The next game is 28%. It's like he, I, I'll even, I'll give you this. Maybe he's had some really good games where he shot 50% from the field. However, within those great games, he's had ridiculously like 14, 13, uh, I mean, not 13, 14, 36, 28, 35% games. Now, again, like he's definitely had games where he's See, shooting 50%. Here's the, here's, here's but the, no, here's the
1: hypocrisy, though. Cause you're a Kobe fan, you know. I'm looking at Kobe's. Uh, I think this is 05 season. See now here, no, no, no here,
2: here we go again. Don't you no, because this is the, same no, it's here's the same thing. No, this here's is not the same thing. Here's the difference. Prime. Here's the difference. Here's the difference. Four years into Kobe's career, Kobe was already making all defensive teams. Four years into Kobe Bryant's career,
1: he was well, not. Right averaging. now, we're not talking. I'm not talking about defense. We know Kobe's a much better defender. That's obvious. Okay, I'm but that about, and, but that's if, a,
2: and that's the thing. If Wiggins. Was a better defender, then I would excuse the poor shooting. If Wiggins was a playmaker, I would excuse the poor shooting. That's the reason why. It's a huge reason why I don't really get on Demar Derozan so much for his lack of defense because he's a player who's able to give you twenty five plus points. But he and wasn't always
1: though. He wasn't always. But, when and he was it, but then, but
2: and then also, Demar Derozan entered the NBA was not expected to be a, a number one, a number one option on the team. He wasn't the first overall what? pick. Who Derozan? Who DeMar- Demar Derozan, his first two or three years, was barely averaging. uh Oh, he! I don't even think he even eclipsed twenty points until like three or four years into his NBA career. His, that first, year mean, league, that his first year in the league—that doesn't mean he wasn't, wasn't was, a
1: first option.
2: So, what, what what was Demar Derozan when he first entered the NBA?
1: Yo, what's Chris Bosch's life? we knew what the we knew who was it. Andrea Brignani low. So stop playing games, man! Like was what, it what was you, it not
2: was it not? Because you're,
1: you're saying you're saying that the reason Kobe doesn't get that criticism, Wiggins does, is because he has defense and excuses this. But you're, you're just making this up so you can fit your narrative. Of I'm not what I'm not making it to.
2: up. There's things that you give and, There's things that you allow players to get away with. Curry's not a great defender or on ball defender, but people allow him to get away with that because how potent of an offensive player he is. There's things you can you give and go. LeBron is out here averaging, uh, four, almost five turnovers a game, but no one brings it up because they understand what he does for that team. It's a give and go. And also, players' numbers translate to wins. These are things that you cannot say about Wiggins. So if you're not a defender, if Come you're not on, a facilitator, yo. your numbers LeBron. are not, your numbers he can't, are not translated to wins. The
1: Cavaliers. He can't go to the Cavaliers with Larry Hughes, Zyjunis, and Booby Gibson. Who, 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 and you want him to, you expect that team to win games? Like, that's what I'm saying. Everybody keeping him to such high esteem. Because, because when he entered the NBA, the dri-
2: that's what I was told. I was told that he was supposed to be the next XYZ player. That's what I was told. And it like so, you said earlier, if he was an eighth pick, then he would not have received a, um, a max contract. If he was an nah, eighth pick, here's what I'm saying, he, would un- he would understand from the rip that you're not going to be the first option. So there nah, would be I an understanding. I don't
1: want to do this Wiggins thing again. I just think your criticism is relative. And it shouldn't be. It should be objective, regardless of what hype he's received or how well he's, his first year. We're talking about this year here and whether he's performing or underperforming. And a lot of people in their analysis are speaking relatively because they, oh, he was drafted this and he got this hype. And so, so he's out. So, answer, so
2: answer, answer your question. Is he underperforming or overperforming? Or are you performing fine?
1: I think he's on pace. To do There's what? Def- to be what? To be what? To become a really good player in the I think he could be an all-star in the league. And I'm sure of that. So that's where you're
2: capping off at all-star?
1: I don't know. I'm not capping him at anything. I just think that's where he will be, whether he goes higher than that or not. It's depending I mean, on excuse, a lot of excuse, factors. Excuse, excuse me,
2: not, not not where you're capping him off, but you're saying at bare minimum, at some point in his career, he can be an all-star. That's what you're saying.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yes.
2: Okay. I I disagree.
1: Well, I, honestly, there's no, there's I'm no way at,
2: in the Western. There's no way in the Western Conference he, he will be an all-star.
1: Well, there's there's blame to go around, man. And I just think that it's unfairly focused on one player when there's multiple issues plaguing that team. And on top of the fact that, give him a break. It's the Timberwolves' first year doing well in the NBA in a while. I'm not, I'm, I'm right? not, I'm
2: not, I'm not giving no excuses. I know you're
1: not going to give him a break, but no I will. They're not going to win this year regardless, Lowe. And so, Nine regardless of, of what first. you say, or Bob says, or John says, this is a developmental year for them. The game getting it's, beat it's by not,
2: it's not. It's not. It's not. But you go it ahead, is keep because it's as long not. as
1: you're not winning it's the finals, not. if you can't beat Houston, if you can't beat Golden State, if you can't beat the Raptors, if you can't beat Cleveland or Boston, then it doesn't matter. You just want to get better so that next season you stand a better chance. And I think that the problems they're going through this year is going to lead them to that. Yeah, people going crazy from now. If if Wiggins comes out next season. And stagnates and gets similar statistics, then then we can have a serious conversation about whether he can <laughs> I mean, even yeah, reach not, those heights. I'm not.
2: I'm not waiting. No, I'm not waiting. No. Yeah. See, you that's you, a, you I, all. Everybody can keep making excuses for these players that literally three, four years ago y'all were overhyping. That's fine. But now here we are, several seasons later, and they stagnated in their career, and we're at a point where there's little to no progression as players. When I'm sitting here watching rookies and sophomores come in the NBA leading teams, this man Donovan Mitchell, who was not a top 10 pick, is now leading a team to the playoffs after losing their best player. We're looking at literally Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid lead player, lead that team to the playoffs. I'm not making excuses. I'm not making excuses. This man is four years into his career. I'm not making excuses, bro. This is what you're supposed to do. You we, you were given an opportunity three years into your career. We decided that you're not developing enough. You're not a defender that you, that many people expected you to be, and you have the physical traits to become one. Come on, one. man! And you're Stop still not that bat. shit, low. You're not you're you're not knocking down threes, which no one really expected him to. But in today's NBA, that's very important. Nor are you playmaking. We're talking about at bare minimum at the at the max. We're talking about what you've done so far. It's become a twenty point score, and there's. Plethora of 20 point scores that are more efficient than you. Alright,
1: well here's the thing, Lo, because I'm gonna, what you're doing right now is over criticism. Kyrie Irving at age 21 was doing the exact same thing. In fact, shooting worse percentages. And on top of that, scoring what you just said, low 20 points per game. Oh, but there's so many 20-point-per-game scorers in the NBA. That's why Wiggins is trash and he was overhyped. But Kyrie did the same thing. What I'm saying, Lowe, is allow these guys to take control of, their contro- control of their careers. You see the guys who grind and you see the guys pay off, the guys who are talented, like Kyrie Irving, who, by the way, still isn't a great defender. And so what I'm oh, but saying the, what, is— but definitely has become better. Yo, at the same ages, you can make comparisons between Kyrie and Wiggins. He didn't shoot phenomenal from three that year. He shot 35%. And so just allow oh, whoa, him time, whoa, whoa, whoa. man. You're,
2: like, you're, you're looking at his third third year. Wiggins is four years into his career now. Kyrie at four years in his career, while playing next to LeBron and Kevin Love, you know how that's supposed to be a transition year for him. He had he averaged twenty-two points on four. Come on, bro, we percent know LeBron has field. dimer.
1: We've seen the stats. But LeBron it's not has like hollow. it's
2: not it's not like Kyrie couldn't put up twenty plus points while being efficient as well. No, while but also giving you five assists. And also no, averaging it, like it's like stop acting like it's it's that. It's different,
1: though. It's not different. Honestly, Honestly. LeBron, who attracts attention on the Timberwolves like LeBron? He, uh, oh, wait, Low, Who's who's the guy? The argument there that you you're go. having. So when Lowe, LeBron the argu- has the ball
2: before, and he's driving. But, agent, before even that season, you can look at Kyrie Irving, you can clearly tell he was a more efficient scorer than Wiggins was.
1: He's doing the same exact percentages,
2: low No, he's not. Wiggins this, is shooting. Just, just like Wiggins. Kyrie, Kyrie's first year, 40%. From behind the yard, second year, thirty nine percent from behind the yard. No,
1: you're not. For, you're not. You're year. looking at three point percentages because you're trying to you're trying to make an argument, and you're only looking at the statistics that that support your argument. If you look at his uh, his stats, low field goal percentage, it, there's a year where it drops, and then LeBron gets on that team, and everything is all Gucci because of all the new opportunities it provides, and there's less attention on him. So what I'm saying, you, you 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 do it all the time, though. You did it with and, Ingram. And you're doing it with, him you, you it with again. and he became more efficient. Score as you the you did third it with option Depot on the team, two. agent.
2: As a third option on the team, there's no excuse for him to shooting to shoot that poor from the field. And also, you're, is, looking, you're looking at field goal he's, percentage without
1: If, if fans are pro- complaining that Cat isn't shooting enough field goal attempts, and Wiggins is shooting too, much, then he's not a third option. It's just that he's being positioned as one. But he's getting about 36, 37 minutes per game, and he's shooting up a decent amount of shots, sometimes 15, sometimes 22. That's not a third option on any team. So getting back to the main point is you know you said you understand why he feels that way. I think that transition from your understanding to immediate criticism, even though Kyrie is not the only example you could look at parallels of other players around the same age who shot inefficient. That it, later Kyrie on, Kyrie wasn't career,
2: inefficient. You have to look at the, how many three pointers he's making that's translating to him having a lower field goal percentage. But even if we were to, even if we were moving field goal percentage, Kyrie was a ball handler
1: that was creating for others. This man no, Williams no. has never even Low, seen I know you two remember, assists. Bro. I know you remember early in Kyrie's career, his whole story was he kept dealing with injuries, one, and two, that although people expected him to be this phenomenal player, that he didn't have what it took to carry a team. And so that was the whole story. Kyrie, those, and those things
2: were not being said about Wiggins two or three years in his career because by his second year, he was already playing next to Carl Anthony Towns and they still were losing games. And and don't get me wrong. If Towns next year doesn't take that jump, you, I'm going to be here with the exact same energy because Towns also has to do.
1: I don't think you are, bro. Oh, no, I, I will. No, do. no,
2: no, no. I will because I, 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 clearly remember people talking about Towns as he was like supposed to be this next Shaq type of player because how many points, rebounds and blocks he was recording. Oh, no, I, I vividly remember that. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'll have that same type of energy, but you, when we, when you're four years into your career and this is all I got to say, if you feel some type of way about the role that you're on, especially now since Jimmy Butler will miss the remainder of the season, play better. That's all I got to say. Just play better play better that's it but if right. but at the end of this year especially heading into the postseason if andrew wiggins is still struggling and if we get into the postseason and he don't he's he's still looking like a player that's under under um he's underperforming oh, i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep telling it i'm gonna keep saying this
1: uh i disagree but in in i don't want to go in circles. so we'll we'll move on to the next topic Lord.
0: What's up? It's Justin from the Driving Dish NBA podcast. When I was in 8th grade, I switched from wearing glasses to contacts because I liked playing the game of basketball. And ever since then, I've had to deal with getting contacts, which takes way too long. You have to sit in the waiting room for a really long time. It always kind of smells weird in there. That all changed when I found simplecontacts.com. You show them a picture of your prescription. You pick the brand of contacts that you use. You put in your address and they're on their way. And so much cheaper than going to a doctor every single time you need contacts it took me about 15 minutes right before I left for work and we're going to save you $30 off your first order with them at simplecontacts.com almighty or use the enter code almighty at checkout that's $30 off your contacts at simplecontacts.com almighty or enter the code almighty at checkout, Just remember, this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. They only do a test that makes sure your contacts are going to give you 20-20 vision. They don't write completely new RXs or examine eye health.
1: Um, Yo, as I was going to say before you decided to interrupt, yo, there's some two streaks on a, it's, it's my excuse to bring up the Raptors, but also Portland, both right now on 10 game streaks. Uh, as we're recording this, Portland is playing the Cavs in a couple hours. So, who knows? The Cavs might actually break their streak, making the Raptors the hottest team. But, low on the last podcast, we talked about Portland. They're still on fire, one. And two, when, like, they, first of all, they have a better record than Cleveland, just to put that in context. I don't know if this is just a moment. I, I watched a couple of the games just to make sure that this team was really hooping, and they were. And it seems like out of literally what feels like nowhere, the players just decided to step up. And and this team is winning games against challenging opponents, and it's surprising me, Lo. Yo, what's the chances they keep it up in the postseason, or is this just a regular season team? Um
2: am happy you pointed out the fact that they stepped up and we're not making excuses for none of these players. So, shout out for you for doing that, because hey, I'm not making no excuses for nobody. You're right. They're stepping up, playing better, they're finding ways to win, and that's that's literally the whole purpose of why you take the floor. So, I salute them... And your your Toronto Raptors team because they're still winning games as well. The problem with the the um, Portland Trailblazers though is that I'm I'm still kind of concerned of how this is going to translate in a postseason. But luckily for them, if they're able to keep one of the top four seeds, then they should have maybe not I don't want to say like I don't want to say easy, but they should have a easier uh, um, an easier route to making the second round than they would if they were on a bottom seed because I feel like home court advantage in the Western Conference between the third and eighth seed um, is going to be really, really important. And at this moment, the eighth seed is the Utah Jazz. And if I'm not mistaken, they're like three or four games removed from the third seed. So everything is really, really close. Uh, the, the San Antonio Spurs are still in the playoff hunt as well. So when it comes to the postseason, I will be concerned about how this is going to translate. But right now, you know, Damian Lillard is, is playing extremely well, and um, I know it's kind of cliche to say he's underrated or undervalued, but I honestly believe in the beginning of the season, many people were making arguments that they were going to be one of the six, seven, or eight seeds. Some people were going as far as saying that they were not even going to make the playoffs because they barely made the playoffs last year, but with the addition of uh, Nurkic on the roster and, and damage is just going off over the past two months now. They, I mean, it's it's pretty impressive. I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty
1: impressive. It is. Um, I'm really happy for this team. Uh, I remember a few months ago we had talk on the podcast where we we're saying Dame went up to the owner and it sounds like he was voicing his concerns about the organization and we we're talking about the inability of that organization to build around them. In almost in the same point you're making about Wiggins about how you just need to step up. It seems like instead of waiting for someone to arrive, I think he's. Because, because here's the thing, Lo. I think when you establish yourself as that guy, which I think he's trying to do, especially on this run here and to close out the season, it makes guys really want to play with you in the off season. Like, if yep. I know Dame is that guy, and I'm like, "Yo, why don't I team up with Dame?" My name is Carmelo Anthony, and we'll see where this takes us. Or my name oh, is Paul hell George. No. Or, hell yeah, Paul George. Well, just yeah, Paul just George. two examples. <laughs> whoever whoever it is, right? Uh, and Portland. He has they haven't really brought in any amazing talent, unless you consider Evan Turner amazing. And all the talent that they have brought in, sometimes, a lot of the times, has been wildly overpaid and unsubstantiated. What's the word here? It was, it was, it was a lack of planning or knowledge involved in the decision making. Yeah. Uh, honestly, though, at this point, I kind of feel bad for Dame. The, the team is doing well, but I don't see how he can keep this up and beat. A top tier team like the Houston Rockets to the Golden State Warriors, and at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And so he could continue to play like this. I agree, but at the end of the day, he's gonna need somebody, and I'm sure that's why he had that talk with the owners. And so who's that guy gonna be? You could say like step up all day. You could do it. You could say it all day long. But at the end of the day, you're gonna need to show him some support by bringing him some players. And I don't think they're gonna do it, Lo. Not only first of all is is Portland like it's it's a cold place to live. It's first of all, like, just think of like the, think of the accessory stuff, lo. When you're living in Portland, your flights to any game are gonna be a lot longer just because you're way out of the way. Whether it's an East team like Boston or it's a Western team like Arizona, it's all gonna be long ass flights, right? One, two. I don't know what the tax situation is there, but uh, you, you think about teams in Texas or in Florida. Or, like, do they have no state income tax, so they're saving 15 20% on the money they make? Like, so there's so many different factors that might play into somebody wanting to go there. So they end up overpaying people, and they're just at that disadvantage. But for the time being, at least, I hope they make it into the second round. I hope they give whoever they play some problems. I hope they can keep it up. But at the end of the day, it's all hope. I don't think anything is going to come of it in the form of a consecutive playoff win. Making them to the Western Conference finals. I doubt it.
2: Fun, fun fact though, um, like you said, over the last two months they've been on fire. Last 20 games, more specifically, Dame has been putting up 30 points, six assists, four rebounds, while shooting 46, nearly 47% from the field, 41% from behind the arc, on nearly 10 three pointers attempts a game, which is crazy. And within you know the what, same You tw- know what
1: that reminds me of, Low? Ooh. Oladipo.
2: <laughs> stop!
1: Stop! And, All and within, season, actually, we'll and within going.
2: and within that same twenty game stretch, they've only lost four games. Four games. That's, that's
1: impressive, man. That's really um, impressive.
2: one of which was actually to your Toronto Raptors. You know you know what I'm saying? But yeah, well, um, but yeah, Dame Dame has been going off. And again, I want to be very very clear before we move on to this. And you pointed out. Oh yeah, to, to answer your question about them receiving players, I'm more so concerned about. How they're going to put players on their team because they're overpaying players such as, um, Evan Turner. They really don't, if I'm not mistaken. And they really Alan
1: Crab too, right? He was there. Well, oh, Alan Crabb is gone. He's, he's on the nuts now. No, nah, I'm saying, but they overpaid him and they had to pay an arm and a leg to move him.
2: Uh, if I'm not mistaken though, the player that they moved to get him is going to be off the books this year. But, but the, after this year, they have to pay Nurkic. So they're going to be tied up financially regardless. Um, but, Another thing that's that's also interesting. Well, first, like you stated, stepping up, just step up. Stop making excuses. Go win games, and that's what make you. That's what makes players great in the NBA. At, at, at this point, Dame can't complain. Middle of the season, post trade deadline, that he doesn't have enough help, and like you're not going to get them. Like what what you have is what you have. You got to figure out ways to win. And I always, I will always salute players who find a way to win. Regardless of the numbers that they're putting up, so I, I salute to Dame, and I think I think at this point he's starting to really creep up in the argument of being a top ten player. Obviously at this point he's top fifteen at, at bare minimum, but I think he, he's really starting to make an argument for him to be a top ten player. And as much as I love Chris Paul, there, there's been a few point guards this year who stepped up, and I feel like they they surpassed Chris Paul in that point guard position. But the bigger question that I have is. Lamarcus Aldrich played himself low key. I don't know why Lamarcus thought that it was a cool thing for him to go to San Antonio and try to act like he was the guy. <laughs> but like, yo, Lamarcus, you looking mad crazy right now. Kawhi goes down. You're still in a really solid system with a, a, not a really good supporting cast, but in a system with Popovich. Y'all have been struggling recently. And because Lamarcus Aldrich couldn't understand his role, what or what it was supposed to be on this Portland team as time continues to progress. As he got older, Dame entered his prime and they had a really solid supporting cast around them. And on top of that, LaMarcus Aldridge, from my understanding, wasn't willing to adjust for the time period as he was not so openly, uh he wasn't openly willing to play the center position. However, in today's NBA, that's what he's going to have to do. But more importantly, the fact that he wasn't willing to adjust his game to play with a great player in Damian Lillard and really be a part of what they've been able to build over the last two to three years since they've lost LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah, you played yourself, LaMarcus Aldridge. You played yourself because you, you've you definitely fallen off while Damian's entered his prime, and he's he looks unstoppable right now.
1: Yeah, he does. Uh, and who knows how long he'll be. He's, he's coming back soon, hopefully. Uh, no additional word on that. But I remember there was a moment like 5 years ago in the playoffs low where Aldridge scored 40 points on back-to-back games and everybody in the world like came to the realization like yo he really got it. Like that's that's that guy right there. And so to see him move, it almost felt like Portland should start to rebuild or do something but surprisingly able to salvage things uh and make a I don't want to say a run, but that's probably what this is going to end up being. They've had they've, they've made it to the second round I think only once, right?
2: Since? Yeah, just once, just once.
1: Yeah, and it, it was on, on the, uh, it was that Damian Little game winner that, that broke the hearts of, I believe, Houston Rockets fans, if I remember correctly. As a, I think, um, if I'm
2: not mistaken, that's still the same series where, um, the markers was going off. I think that's all yeah. the same, yeah, it's all the same yeah. series. Yeah, um, that might have
1: made sense. But yeah. Yo, and also,
2: uh, and also shout out to CJ too, because he's playing really well in the same 20 game stretch also.
1: Yo, uh, I, I want to bring something to your attention that I was just made aware of, like, a couple days ago. And I knew it existed, but it faded from my memory. Lo, did you know that since the Pistons used the stretch provision on Josh Smith, they're still paying that guy five million a year until yeah, uh 2020 season. Yeah, I know that. I knew that. I knew it. That is crazy. I he almost like it's been so long since I heard Josh Smith's name in a relevant basketball conversation. And I remember, I believe, uh when they renegotiated the CBA, I think every team got one stretch provision and one amnesty clause. And so I think early in the five, the first five years of the renegotiated CBA, a lot of people use their amnesty clause. I remember Gilbert went down with an amnesty clause, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and basically for those who don't know what that is, uh, a team can cut a player from their books. And not have to worry about, they'll still have to pay the player, but it won't count on the cap. And so it's almost like a get-out-of-jail-free card. And the stretch provision is more like you cut the player, and instead of paying him his yearly amount, what he's owed, you can stretch it over a longer period of time so it it doesn't as negatively affect your cap. And so I, Josh my might be one of the last remaining people who's still getting paid on that provision because of the massive contract they gave him. One of the most regrettable contracts, man. And you you know, you think of a situation. I think the Nets have probably been the only other team to make a worse decision than that signing in a really long time. And that's when they tried to get the Celtics' big three to uh, uh, was it New Jersey or Brooklyn late late into their careers. What a horrible decision. Sometimes you look at some of these general managers and you think like they did so much to get into that position. They probably know what they're doing. And then they make moves like signing Josh Smith for way more than he's worth. And now you're stuck paying him $5 million for the next three years. And he's not even playing on your team. And that hits the cap. He's not what even in the NBA. <laughs> like, yeah, at forget, all.
2: He's, forget that. He's not even in the
1: NBA. You, you know he's who watching getting... the Pistons play and getting paid $5 million a year, low That's crazy. You know, you know who else that... is
2: getting paid um, with a stretch provision? Who? Not in the NBA. Ex-All-Star guard. "Quote unquote," was supposed to be just as good as Chris Paul in his prime. Darren Williams. Darren Williams got us with who? Now, now guess the team. You got to guess the team that he 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 got it with. It can't be New Jersey, right? It is the Nets. Yep, it's the Nets. Really? Yes. <laughs> they. For those who don't know, this man Darren Williams has not had a Brooklyn Nets jersey on his back. Since 2015 when they waived him. (laughs) And when they waived him, they stretched it all the way out until 2020. $5.5 million a year. Not in the NBA anymore. He's going to get paid $5.5 million until he's 36 years old. Despite the fact, again, he's not even in the league. Darren Williams, people.
1: So, because now they're Brooklyn, that... Compiled with the awful signings they made? Is that what you're telling me, Lo? The fact that they're still paying
2: him, that's, that's just ridiculous. I mean, like, now it's really dawning on me. Cause I thought it was, um, the Mavericks that he was still getting paid with, but no, it's, it's the Nets. The fact that they're still paying him.
1: That's crazy. I gotta, I gotta double check this so quickly. Yo, you're telling me all this time, I thought that they were a horribly managed team because they gave up everything they had. To bring Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, and on top of that, they still had this issue, which Brooklyn didn't do, but they had to deal with. Oh, I'm looking at it right now, lo! That is hilarious. Oh, <laughs> and
2: let's also let's also recognize this in the 2016-2017 season, last year's seasons, basically. This man, Darren Williams, was getting paid nine million dollars from the Dallas Mavericks. Got cut, right? They waived him, yeah. so they they paid him the nine million dollars. Then he still Damn. had his five point five million dollars from the Brooklyn Nets that they owed him through this oh. um stretch position. <laughs> and then the Cavaliers signed him to the to the little um minimum, which is two hundred and fifty nine thousand dollars. So in total, despite the fact that Again, he was one of the worst guards in the NBA, especially when he was the cast. He was just completely uh, disappointed. I don't, I don't know. He had some Whoa. moments. Come on. Well, I'll, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say this. One of the worst starting guards. Cause I think in Dallas, okay, he was great. He started starting a yeah. job. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that he was still one of the worst starting guards in the NBA, this man was getting paid nearly what? 15 million dollars? Like 14.7? That yeah. Like that's, that's ridiculous. That that's is what we that's call crazy.
1: bad management, right there. That
2: that that's crazy, right there. So shout to uh, shout to um Darren Williams, man. Still getting five point five million dollars, but also yeah, jo- Josh Smith is interesting though. Going back to Josh Smith, it's funny because in today's NBA, if if Josh Smith were to play in today's league, people would go crazy for Josh Smith. He was. Uh, I
1: was thinking the opposite. He couldn't really shoot threes efficiently. That's that's the he one was- thing
2: that 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 would have been really concerning though. I, I will say that. But if he was so able wait, to aside from them, what, his
1: highlight plays, he has like a, he has that personality like Nick Young where you definitely get the crowd hyped up for whatever team that's supporting him. But I don't know if people go crazy. You're pushing it with that, man.
2: I'll say, I'll say this. If he would, if he became a better three point shooter, people would definitely go crazy because he was a really good defender, under, underrated defender, actually made an all defensive team. In his prime, he was putting, he was giving you around 15 to 19 points. Giving you somewhere around seven to ten rebounds, three to four assists, and giving you a steal and nearly two blocks. That, I mean, that's tough. And at six nine, you're talking about someone who can guard two to three positions, can switch off most positions in the pick and roll and still stand in front of players, or at least kind of push them in the direction. In his prime, Josh Smith was a really, really good player. Like you stated, though the NBA changed and he wasn't able to knock down the threes that he was supposed to anymore, but um he he got another opportunity with the Pelicans and they they it didn't it didn't work out for him. But you know.
1: Low uh, as of late man, uh, Isaiah Thomas is making a case man. You know there's rumors that he might get he might he's a he's a quote-unquote sixth man now and it's not a good look considering I believe this is his contract year. But uh he's been performing pretty well. He's getting a lot more minutes now than he was originally when he went to the Lakers. And maybe that's paying dividends. Maybe it's just a higher usage rate. But aside from a couple of, actually, there's a, there's, I mean, his, his three point shooting is on and off just looking at the statistics, but his shooting in general low. Uh, does Isaiah Thomas have a, a future on the, on the Lakers? Is that a crazy question to ask considering Lonzo and his quote unquote potential? Which, by the way, I fully expect you to criticize based on how you've been treating Andrew Wiggins three years into his career. But anyway, keep it in These on are topic. two
2: different, two different situations. Lonzo is a rookie. Wiggins is four years.
1: You keep saying three years. No, I said three years later. Anyway, keep going uh, long. I
2: okay, don't want to bring it up. Um, Isaiah Thomas, we said this last podcast. I feel like they should just wave him because again, they, he, he's getting, given the opportunity to play for a contending still? team. Yeah, I still, I still feel like that because he will be given a better opportunity to um play for a contending team. And when he's in that role, he'll get more eyes on him, and people have a better understanding of how good of a player he is. But His what contending last-
1: team doesn't already have a, a point guard,
2: you know? No, a backup. No, I still feel like he should, you know, kind of put everything aside and just come off the bench for a, a roster. I think that the – um, uh, what's, what's the team? The Wizards. I think the Wizards would die to have a player like Isaiah Thomas coming off the bench for them. I don't um, think so at all.
1: But, I mean, mm, I, assuming John Wall has been in and out with injuries – that's what I'm saying. Having,
2: having a player like John Wall not, not there anymore. And I, I feel like the spacing that they have for that roster with Kelly, uh, not Kelly Oubre, Otto and Bradley Bill on, on the perimeter. And, and then you have, um, Morris at the, uh, at the power four position spacing out the floor. You, Isaiah Thomas should be able to get some really solid looks in that roster. So I, I think, I just think, I still feel like though they should just wave him and he should go to another team. Um, uh, he's had moments though for the Lakers that it's, definitely appreciate it appreciate it um but i don't i just don't see how what he's going to add to this team and it, i don't really think that they're going to keep him after the season's up with anyway because they definitely want to stay young and they also have to leave their cap open to add some pieces in the next um year or two in free agency so i don't really see how he even fits with the roster especially if he's not willing to take that role coming off the bench so like I said before, and again, I appreciate the numbers that he's putting up. It, they're definitely leading into some wins, but I, I just feel like he should he should be waived.
1: Well, I think I, I disagree with you on that one, and I'm sure he does as well. I feel bad for the guy, man. So much disadvantages, just physically I, speaking. I'm sorry I'm
2: trying to cut you off. As, as, I, as we say this, I'm looking at something from USA Today, and it's literally Isaiah Thomas saying, I'm no—oh, shoot— It's literally Isaiah Thomas saying, I'm no six man. So, yeah, yeah. So, so that kind of gets, that that got your answer right there. So I don't, if we're talking about him being a starter, obviously that's not going to work with the Lakers. So that's, that, that's kind of out of the realm of possibility. Um, but two, I don't, now we, I mean, now we have to have the conversation of what team he goes to in the offseason because I don't know how many teams are actually looking for a starting point guard. That's coming. The off Knicks, little... man,
1: the Knicks, the Knicks, the Knicks. The Knicks is the only team without a good point guard. They just keep drafting and trading, and like they just can't find one. The Knicks are the probably court, the only team
2: that would be willing to pay pay for it on him, too.
1: Yeah, and a ridiculous amount, and then they'll regret it like Kim Noah. Yo, um, uh, the quote was, I won't be a sixth man. I just want everyone to know that, like, clear as can be, I'm a two-time all-star, and a starter who has done things that a, a lot of people A just... two-time
2: all-star. Oh, my God, stop. <laughs> And the he said that was like that was a, a crazy resume. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop, Isaiah Thomas.
1: And the starter who has done things that a lot of people in this league haven't done when given that opportunity. But he said he got traded into the situation. There's nothing bad against Luke Walton. There's nothing bad against the Lakers. I'm taking advantage of this opportunity they've given me. And honestly, I think it is an opportunity. Surprisingly, giving him a decent amount of minutes, considering, like, they're 7-3 they're and three in their last 10, though. Lakers aren't doing horrible. And in an in a era... Um may use the word year where it seems like pl- a plethora of teams are trying to dive deep just so they can get the first pick in land last. Like I don't know, it's just interesting to me uh that they're giving him this much minutes. You know, teams like Chicago are going full length. Well the, to make the sure. Lakers don't
2: the Lakers don't have their picks, so that's the reason why they're not I, diving.
1: But at the same time, like what do you what do you accomplish from Isaiah Thomas playing? You don't develop the young guys. You know he's not gonna be there long term. And even if they don't have your picks, like, you you don't make the playoffs, first of all, just because of Gorbert coming back, Utah Jazz, like, it just won't happen. Plus, San Antonio was ninth right now. Assuming that's going to improve, this is going to be a fight there, and the Lakers aren't even close to it. They would have to go on a Houston Rockets-esque run this late into the season to make it.
2: While also everybody else losing games as
1: well. Yeah, which won't happen, especially San Antonio, Utah, and the Clippers have been doing really well. Uh, so I, don't I, know. I I
2: I agree. I think the but I think a huge reason why Isaiah Thomas is on the floor is because I do like the way that we run our offense. Isaiah Thomas on the floor, he he's more of a ball handler, facilitator, kind of mm. playmaker, and it kind of gives everyone an understanding of all right. If we had a ball handler out there like um, Isaiah Thomas, who's looking more so to score, how would that affect everyone else? How was everyone else kind of reading that? Are they able to understand spacing and ball movement and off off um off ball movement as well? So um I I don't I don't really mind the fact that he's receiving twenty seven minutes a game. And again I know I don't mind the fact that we're winning games in the process because it's still just understanding the different type of sets that we can run and having an understanding of how offense needs to be ran. And if and you can throw in more type of looks, the better developed some of these players can become. And I don't I don't have a problem with that at all.
1: Alright, Lo, I got a question to answer you, man Markel Falls joined the NBA Man, it's been a I, Honestly, I don't think I've ever seen a player get in the NBA And deal with such a unique Level of controversy It's not the generic stuff you think He gets in the league, changes his jump shot Everyone looks at him and clowns him Because now he's shooting like a goofball And he's trying to make some strides that way I guess trying to improve on his fundamentals Before worrying about making his shot look Sweet or good or hit Whatever the case is, right? But uh, the 76ers' article came out saying they were encouraged by the progress made by Markel Fultz. And I think that because the 76ers have been uh, doing well this season, we almost forget that they have parts of their team that's not even there yet. And I know we talked about in the past between Markel, and Mar- Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons. You farts.
2: You caught uh, that man. On. Farts. Uh, oh, my God.
1: <laughs> Lo, you got to call. All right. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Uh, there's still going to be that, that tension there when he gets back and he's healthy what his role on the team is going to be and considering they almost have doubles of people in specific positions and of course the veterans that are also going to want to play some minutes right i think the 76ers are in a unique position where they can almost trade him and get a lot back or keep him and try and make him a part of this team's future but it seems like they're going to be willing to keep him i'd be surprised if they ended up making a trade especially because he's injured and there's a lot of risk involved for the other teams trading for him but if he makes it back, let's say next year, though, what do you predict is... What do you think is going to happen next for the 76ers? Bold
2: prediction. They will actually end up trading Markel Fultz.
1: Excuse me, I, I me. Excuse,
2: excuse me, I'm, my bad. Markel farts. Oh, no, really? <laughs>
1: you did that, though? You really did that? Um, right. no,
2: Yeah, for real, for on, a, on a serious note, I, I think the move to trade Markel Fultz is not out of the realm of possibility... Simply because this is a roster that has two players that are obviously going to be the the cornerstones for the organization moving forward. And Markel Fultz, even though I'm not I'm not saying he's a bus, and I'm not trying to write him off. However, even peak Markel Fultz or whatever we feel like is going to be the, the best case scenario as him as an individual. I don't necessarily know if that's the greatest fit for this team. Markel Fultz is a player who is a ball handler, distributor, shot creator, and will hopefully hopefully open up the shot for other players. The problem is is that Embiid, he's not as great as a three-point shooter as some people made him out to be. Now, he can continue to develop his three-point shot, but he's far from the type of three-point shooter that a lot of people try to make him out to be in his rookie season. And Ben Simmons, he just doesn't shoot a three at all. So if Fultz comes on the floor and he's not a three-point shooter, or he's not above-average, borderline, elite-level three-point shooter, then we're going to have some floor spacing. So that's one. But two, and more importantly, because he's a ball handler, you're now taking the ball out of Simmons' hands. And I just feel like, and I actually I applaud... Um, the, the Philadelphia 76ers for doing this, just allowing Ben Simmons to be the ball handler and allowing him to be the point guard, despite the fact that he's, you know, 6'9", 6'10", or however tall he is. I applaud them for allowing him to just be the primary ball handler and for him to be the point guard. And how that's going to work with him and Markel Fultz, I, I don't really see it happening. And because of that, I think they're going to play him a few games here and there. And then try to sell them high. And also keep in mind, they're probably still learning from their mistakes of what they made earlier in this process when they had, um, Joel Embiid and Jaleel Okafor and Nerlens Noel. And they lost Nerlens Noel and Jaleel Okafor and got little to nothing for them. Really, they got nothing, basically nothing for those players. So I, I think. I'd like to
1: think that too low, like that they, they're going to learn from the fact that Jaleel and Nerlens didn't work out. And had they traded early, they would have got a lot more value for those players. But I'm going to be the one to remind you, lo, that we had to deal with Brian Colangelo. If there's anything I know about him, and keep in mind, before he was the general manager for the Toronto Raptors, he was actually general manager of the year for the Phoenix Suns. So while the Raptors thought, wow, the guy, general manager of the year, Phoenix Suns, did phenomenal. He was there throughout that D'Antoni era with Steve National. They put him on the team, and it seems that... He wasn't able to recreate the same or do anything similar to that for the Raptors. And more importantly, and what's going to be relevant to the 76ers, low is that he wasn't willing to take risks at all. He didn't ever trade Bargnani, even though it was becoming abundantly clear to the rest of the league that it shouldn't have been done. Not only was he drafting horrible players, but I think his inability or his fear of risks is going to result in... What, what what they dealt with in the past. So while it makes sense that he would learn from his mistakes and make a move, especially on a player who, by the way, low, probably won't get traded until teams see him in action, right? Because it'd be a huge risk to give up what they're going to expect back from Markel Fultz without seeing him on the court because the 76ers have in the past been criticized for hiding evidence. I believe it was with the Drew Holiday trade that they hid an injury he had and they were fined by the NBA for it. And so we know that's been done before, so Markel Fultz is coming back. If I'm another team, although I'm excited by the prospect, and I assume that I can get him now uh, and develop him on our team, you don't really know what to expect from the 76ers, whether Brian Colangelo is going to improve as a general manager and do his duties, or whether they're going to tell the honest truth because they could embellish stuff. Or pretend like, you know, they could exaggerate any situation to try and make a deal. It's, it's this business, right? And they're going to try and they've done it in the past. So anyway, that's just immediately what I thought when I, when I seen the article, I thought about the situation. I feel well, bad if, for the 76ers, Lowe, cause, uh, if, if it was any experience being a Raptors fan, drafting and sticking with Andre Brignani, man, I hope he doesn't mess up what he was set there with, man. It'd be a disaster.
2: Well, I'll say, I'll say this just to kind of wrap it up. If I if I were in a situation with the Philadelphia 76ers, I was a general manager or whatever, what I would do is recognize that it may be a problem with Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons on the perimeter and potentially Joel Embiid unable to space the floor. But I would give it a shot. I, I would definitely kind of figure out what we have there. Play them for about 20, 30 games and see if there's any progress, especially on Fultz's side of him being... Um, a shot creator and being able to knock down shots from behind the arc to help them space out the floor. But if if it gets to a point where he's taking too many shots away or too many possessions out of Ben Simmons' hands, then I would just continue to keep playing him, but definitely open up the idea to trading him away and try to trade him as high as I possibly can when he's, or try to trade him when his value is high as it is. Because I just, I, I don't feel like, holding on to Markel Fultz, if it's not working out, trying to force it to work, that could do more damage and more harm than good for that organization and their growth.
1: I and, think and, a lot of teams, low believe in their ability to develop players a lot. And so they keep players when otherwise, for us, it just makes sense to move him. Although it's a risk, honestly, I would say the same about Anthony Davis. If I was the Pelicans, I would have traded him years ago. Because not only is he getting injured all the time, but it was at the time where all of the managers on a poll agreed if they were going to start their franchise around any player, it would be this guy. And so when you see that level of hype around a player, I know it's very challenging to tag one of those players. And so when you have them, you're afraid to give it up. Same reason why the Kings didn't want to trade DeMarcus until very late in his career. Like he's in the middle of his career now. He's been with a garbage organization the entire time, right? Uh, So I guess that's just the reality of it. I guess teams have too much faith in their ability to develop guys. And it's not always going to be the case.
2: And I know it's, it's a different situation. I know you know it's a different situation, but those two organizations, all they really had were, uh, Towns, I'm not Towns, but Davis and Cousins. The Sixers are actually fine without folks. And that's not to say that they can't be better, but it's also, it's also saying that they don't, they're not depending on him to come on that team and have some type of lasting impact. They will be fine moving forward as, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons being their one two punch for the foreseeable future as both of them are, are great defenders. Both of them can give you 20 to 30 points on a night to night basis and both of them are very young. So it's not like there's a rush. One and two, it's not like there's a need from any type of star caliber player that's on that roster. They, they have two stars on their, on that roster and I highly doubt as great as Markel Fultz is projected to be. I don't see him being better than those two anyway. So, and, and on top of that, like, we just got done with Wiggins. Is folks willing to accept the role of being the third option on that team? These are all questions that you must ask yourself. And if you're in a situation where you can get someone else on that roster, because there's definitely needs on that team, such as floor spacing, then that's what you got to look for, you know? I was. I was like, yo, what's going on?
1: What's going on? What's going on? Yeah, I saw a clip of LeBron. Sorry. I had to get a little bit hype, man. What the hell? Yeah. Uh, You know, every time we record these podcasts, it's usually like right when the games are going on. So we got to, as stuff is going on, catch up with shit. Uh, Lo, we're going to have to both. I know I'm going to record a prime game after this, but we have to make sure we uh, catch this Portland-Cleveland game. I think the last relevant game was the Raptors-Houston one. I'm going to try and do a really good job of catching up on all these games, even though, like, this is... I am
2: really about to easy. say, that's you who but, don't watch games. No, I watch, ga- I watch no, games I even you're after... T- don't
1: twist it, low. It's just, this is my... You, you got to understand. Games go on around 7 p.m. Eastern because it's the prime time where people are available to just come back from work. But I'm a YouTuber who's also trying to get in that prime time by uploading my content. So, literally, exact same time. So, I often miss important games, man. You know, sometimes I'll make exceptions for the Raptors. But anyway, I like the late games, bro. It's cool to be on the east side and, and watch a game. Like, at like midnight, I'm not doing nothing, right? Maybe recording a couple videos. So, I like to catch up on those Western Conference versus Western Conference games. Uh, anyway, that's besides the point. Um... I- it's gonna be interesting, Low. The 76ers and Brian Calangelo specifically has an opportunity to royally fuck up what Hinky has built. And it it'll it, it, be it'll be a real A real shame. Uh so I hope that's not the case because I'm not gonna lie to you, low Paul George and Bede and DeRozan are my favorite players in the league, man. Whoa.
2: And, and it, I don't I know. I know we're saying this, but this man, John Skipper, for people I don't know who, who John Skipper is, is the ESPN president. He had to step down for substance abuse. How is that relevant, though? It's not relevant, but then I looked at the substance because I thought it was just like something like harm or something like that. This man is doing cocaine. What are <laughs> you doing, my guy? <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, uh, that's messed up. You know? It is not 1975. Wait, wait what is are he CEO or is he
1: just like a founder? Is he your owner? What is he? He's a president. He's a president. Oh, so he's that guy this, up top. Damn, this is
2: the same. This is the same p- person that if y'all know who Ben Simmons, I mean not Ben Simmons, Bill Simmons. I'm pretty sure everyone knows who Bill Simmons is. He used to work for ESPN, got fired from the situation or let go or whatever happened, and. He's like John Skipper is like one of the people that Bill Simmons always brings up first when it comes to like the debacle of ESPN and how it's definitely fallen off over the last several seasons. You
1: know he's gonna talk about this then, lo I'm about
2: to say he now he's <laughs> definitely about to talk about this.
1: He's gonna say, Do you think he was uh under substance abuse? Do you think he was under the influence when he was making the decision as to whether I leave or, I, technically, they didn't fire from, fire him from ESPN. They just didn't extend his contract. And I guess a lot of articles just called it firing. But it just, it's like, it's like, it's like when the Raptors didn't extend Lou Williams' contract, they didn't necessarily fire him. He just took his talents elsewhere. And uh, honestly, I'm happy he did. He built The Ringer. I don't really listen to, uh, I, I don't read articles and shit like that much, but, I pay attention to a lot I don't of stuff either. They do.
2: I can't. I'm, I'm sorry, but like, you know, anybody out there doing articles, man, cut it out. We in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> cut it out. Cut it out. Cut it out. You know, chill, articles chill. No
1: sometimes, like, sometimes, you know, it makes. I'd rather just listen to it in video or audio. Than That's like, what just, I'm saying,
2: man. Yeah. Just do a podcast, talk about it, or do a video. Like, come on, chill out. Why I think Bill Simmons
1: understood day? that, man. That's why he's he's dominating the podcast game, man. He got his shit. Yo, blowing up. They, but they do no, articles. No. They do articles too. Here's a few quotes. I mean, he has from, writers, yeah. But yeah. anyway, it, it, it makes sense, though. Like when I'm cleaning it, my house, like you're not gonna read an article while you're cleaning your house. Exactly. You sure, like, play, play a video out. or listen to a podcast, right? So
2: exactly. Yo, here, here's a few quotes from John Skipper on okay. his on his substance abuse. I don't think I've ate for the last 48 hours. That's nah, now nah, you're
1: wilding right now
2: that's crazy so that's 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 how we already starting i was filled with great regret and tension my stomach was churning i wasn't sleeping i was dependent i was panicked but no i never thought about trying to reverse course so you just kept doing it you just you just yeah. kept you just kept doing it like <laughs> like you you got to a point where you weren't eating for 48 hours you weren't sleeping and you never thought to yourself Maybe I should stop. Like Jesus Christ, you know, man. like
1: that's like that's like if you're growing ten pounds a week and you're like, it never occurred to me to think about losing weight. Like you, you, you never considered that as an option, my guy. That's you never all even I'm ch- saying, yo, You didn't try at least one time to like stop. He's just like, nah, this is just this is really good. I can't stop. What a guy, yo.
2: <laughs> yo, cocaine is a hell of a drug, bro. you you gotta be that that's crazy right there. That that
1: is crazy. That's yeah. crazy. I'm I'm gonna tune into the next Bill Simmons podcast just to find. I'm out definitely
2: opinion. tuning into that because um yeah yeah that, that man is he's all over the place with that. That don't make no sense whatsoever. Bro. And you
1: know what's crazy, Low? Is he's not the only guy, bro. He's just the guy we recently found out about. There's a lot of guys in these organizations that's on something and like they're strung out. And you, it's, it's tough to tell like when you see him on TV, but yo, Low, When you see someone in person, you can immediately tell especially if uh, they're on it as you're talking to them or they haven't had it in a while and they're strung it. I, Either one of the two. But anyway, Lo, I don't even do caffeine, bro. I don't do anything that I can remotely get hooked. Any anyway, that's besides the point. Uh, shout out to ESPN, man. Cocaine, <laughs> Donald Trump referred boy. to them as a feeling organization.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> they they don't. I, I don't even know like who who else is worthwhile watching on ESPN anymore. I don't know. I don't know when the last first election. take on there,
1: right? Do you watch first take? For, first take
2: every now and then, but I haven't really watched it as much as I used to watch it. ESPN is
1: kind of dead. Low, looking. low, low, low. I'm gonna link you this tweet. Yo, uh, everyone watching this has already seen LeBron's dunk, but Low is gonna see it live, and we're gonna get his reaction. Are you talking about
2: Nurkic? You saw it already. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm on Reddit and I see the link. So I'm about to click it right okay, now. Okay. I watch just, it.
1: I clicked, I linked it to you on Skype or you can click that. What do you think about this? It's, it's 10 out of 10 dunk. I can tell you that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> oh yo, my God.
2: To, yo, first of all, I don't think I give LeBron enough praise. I don't know what Nurkish thought he was doing. That's, that's crazy. Shout out you to LeBron. You know what kind of man. confidence yo, you have? You, to have? tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. You don't think that he's one of the top
1: five players of all time? Three? Don't don't do it, Lo. Come on, man. Now we gotta talk about it again, man. I don't know if he is, man. I'm not saying he is or he isn't. I just want to see where his career goes, and we can make that determination in a few years, right?
2: I guess. I guess. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm. I, I'm. I feel like he's done enough. I feel all like right, he's definitely guess, done enough.
1: I feel like you're objective in your decision saying that. Uh, all right, man. Lo, what's the word, man? Uh, Lo, oh, uh, did I tell you about how I met Ben Wallace? Ben Wallace tweeted at me the other day. Yeah, I need to get a word, yeah, how, man. How,
2: yeah, how did, how did that happen? I, I never... I saw you was so, promoting and I was like, okay, all right, all right. I see what you're yeah, doing, man. but...
1: Uh, yo, really weird thing I didn't even know existed Ben Wallace, it's like, you know how, like, athletes, once they finish their career, like, they try and find that next thing, which I guess yeah. can, like, be a confusing part in your life. You just finished everything you knew in life was to play basketball, and then, like, you have to do something else. Ben Wallace's thing is he, he's helping organize RC car racing. No exaggeration. They have, like, literal tracks, low, and, and they race RC cars, and, like, there's, like, a 1000 or $2,000 prizes at the end, I think. And the people driving these cars get paid like a real like $50,000 type salary for driving the cars. And you tell me all about it. I was like, yo, this is a really weird thing to get into after your career. But whatever, yo. If that's what you enjoy, then that's what you enjoy, right? So we were going back and forth with him for a little bit. And uh, uh, Troyden asked him a question about LeVar Ball. Because Troyden has all the BBB gear. And he loves talking about that kind of stuff. And immediately, I thought it was a very interesting response. Ben Wallace said... No, I'm not talking. I'm I'm not answering no Lavar Ball questions. And so he changed up his question. He said, "All right, what do you think about Lonzo?" And Ben Wallace said, and I think a lot of people, especially the old heads, would agree that he's saying Lonzo not only has to take control of his career, but he's saying that Lavar is. He, he said basketball is not a gimmick, right? He said, you gotta protect the brand. And he was going in for at least like 30, 40 seconds. He's like, yo, I'm not trying to say to be disrespectful. And I just thought it was really interesting that he found Lavar stuff disrespectful. We got a chance to chat, and I think maybe at least for me, that was the most interesting thing. At least relative to basketball. By the way, he was banging threes while we were there. We were at the uh on the on the hardwood in the Pistons court, at the Little Caesars Arena, or Little Caesars, whatever they call it. Uh, and yo, he was shooting threes, but he looked like a stretch big out there. It was crazy. Uh, and well, yo, he looks he, very different without the fro Who's he playing? What do you mean?
2: Like who? was who he playing with? Like it was just like a shoot around. Nah, he was just shoot
1: around. Like- yeah, no, no. He was he went like one on one with a couple guys, but I didn't really know who they were. And it was more like you know those one on ones you do where you're not really trying. Like nobody's playing defense, but you kind of just throwing shots up. It was one of those. But uh, yeah, he looks very different without his afro, man. He almost doesn't even look like Ben Wallace. You just know it's Ben Wallace because he's fucking like like six or 6'9, right? He's massive. So he walks in there, and you're like, "That's an NBA player, definitely." You can't. If you're six ten, there's no position you could have in the world. You just have to be an NBA player, regardless. Uh, at least that's just how I see it. But anyway, it was a very I'll say, interesting. I'll say this: day. I don't,
2: I don't find that it's interesting, but I'm not too surprised by his answer. Because Ben Wallace was an undrafted undrafted player, um, and he was a little suspect in his first three or four years in the NBA. And a lot of people didn't necessarily know what to do with the 6'9 big man, who from my understanding is actually closer to 6'8 than he is a 6'9. And they didn't necessarily know what to do with him, and, and they didn't understand what type of um, role that he was going to have on the team. And luckily for for him and in, in the situation he found himself with the um, Detroit Pistons, it really changed his life. I mean, he became one of the better players in NBA history, and I honestly believe that he should be a Hall of Famer. And it's crazy that he's not a Hall of Famer yet. But at bare minimum, one of the league the, one of the league's greatest defenders the, the, in, in uh, NBA history. So at, at bare minimum, that's what he became in his career, and also one of the better rebounders as well. So I, I feel like. When you talk about player the best? In NBA history? No, yeah. that's... that's No, that's Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman.
1: <laughs> um, I think they have comparable stats, at least, when it comes to... Ooh, running, they but.
2: don't. They don't, though. They don't.
1: <laughs> they
2: don't. And, I, and they I love don't. Ben Wallace. But, why? I, I... Every single time I look at Dennis Rodman... He's better numbers, than Andre I,
1: Drummond, though, right? By the way? Just... It's oh, yes. As
2: an as a individual player, he's better than Drummond. I'd rather have... Ben Wallace on my team than Drummond.
1: Every, no, every no, day. not as a player. I'm saying just in re- as a player, we know, but rebounding specifically.
2: Oh, as a as a rebounder, uh, yes, as, yes, as well. But Drummond Drummond is also right. a, a really good rebounder. I don't want to you know poo poo on his rebounding abilities, but it, it makes sense for him to be very vocal about the idea that basketball is not a gimmick. It's not something that you can kind of just enter the NBA and hope it will thrust your name and catapult your celebrity to a place where you can kind of make a living. Outside of basketball, because if you're not a good basketball player, regardless of how, um, captivizing you are as a player, if you're not able to stay on the floor and actually play basketball in an elite level.
1: Captivizing? I was thinking before, that's not a word. You meant to say captivating. Sorry. Captivating. Yeah. Hey, I gotta, sorry, I dude. gotta
2: stop using big words, especially if I don't know how to pronounce them. I gotta stop doing that. I gotta stop doing that. But y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. If you're, if you're not good enough, you can't allow your stardom or your celebrity to dictate the type of player that you are, it has to be your game. Because at, at some point, even though you may be entertaining and people want to watch you, if you're not able to stay on the floor, then no one's not going to be able to know that you're entertaining because you're not going to be seen by the masses. And I think that's something that he gained very early on in his career. And it's something that um, that he, he's remembered for, a hard working player that was able to Place his name amongst some of the greatest big men the league has ever seen. So it makes sense to why he takes it so serious, in my
1: opinion. Yeah. You know? uh, I, I guess there's two schools of thought on it, man. Like, I see it as just entertainment. I think sometimes he pushes, I don't, I hate when he imposes on Luke Walton or even on any coach because I'm like, that's not your role. But I usually see it as entertainment when it comes to Lavar. But in this circumstance, I guess Ben Wallace was into the mind. Talking a lot about defending the NBA brand and defending Lonzo's own brand, which you can get a you can get a feeling low, like he doesn't he just lets his dad do whatever, regardless of how it impacts what people think about him. Uh, anyway, uh, I I don't know about you, I have an Ethiopian parents, low. If I ever told my dad to shut up or stop doing something, I'm catching the meanest sandal, bro. He's chucking that sandal immediately. Yeah, and that's and that's another so. thing. Too,
2: like, what what is Lonzo <laughs> like? I understand like people like none like they're trying to give Lonzo some advice, but, like, let's just be honest, like, you're not, if your dad was acting crazy, like, you're not gonna go to your dad and tell him to chill out or to stop talking, like, you're not, you're not gonna do that, it's his dad, like, wouldn't, like, people are really, like, t- trying to advise Lonzo to go to his dad and tell him to chill out.
1: Like, I mean, to a certain extent, you could be like, "Yo, Dad, let me let me handle this." No, are
2: you this, going to you know? do that? I mean, you can have you can have a one on one with him. And to be honest with you, I feel like Lavar has has given him his space. LeVar is not even in a country anymore; he's over in Lithuania. So Lavar <laughs> Le- is definitely giving him his space. But like yeah. in the beginning of the season, people were like, "Lonzo needs to have a sit down with his father." Like, man, shut- if you don't shut up, like, what are you talking about? Yeah, what are you talking about, bro? And, and they'd be the same people who would put him on TV. It'd be the same, like, networks, and it'd be like, espn be like, oh, yeah, Lonzo need to really tell his dad to chill out. And I'm like, y'all just had this man. Y'all just gave him a platform <laughs> last week to say crazy stuff. Like, what are you talking about? So I, I don't, oh, I, don't, I don't know, bro. Like, it's, it's, it's all them. And people knew this before he entered the NBA, so I don't know why people just think that this is supposed to change, but, I don't know. Levar's been overseas, and we—we, we, you know, what's crazy. I, I applaud this, and I, I've done this before. We really don't be talking about Lonzo and Levar like that too much. I know it'd be plenty of podcast people out there who get caught up in the shenanigans. And I, I ain't talking about no Levar, man. I, I you know, agree with ben you. Wallace. know, the
1: ratings go up is why they get get him back. Because it, it'd literally be like he go on first take on ESPN, and then the ratings is popping. So ESPN execs all hooked on ah, I'm going wild no but they will say yo bring it back <laughs> we, want, we want that guy right back here on next week's episode of First Take so we can get those ratings again right and, and then literally the exact next episode on whatever's on that network it'll be like see here's the thing people just keep giving him a platform it'd be the same network as one show saying this next show saying that is, they're, they're just all contradicting one another I guess and in the process ESPN is just sitting there racking up all of the LeVar Ball money that advertisers are like, yo, they're paying premiums to advertise around that time, just because viewership is higher. This is because of the topic they're talking about. So I mean, I understand why people do it. I just think, you know, for general people, it kind of gets repetitive. But anyway, uh, I guess uh, Troyden was a uh, he was he was a fan. You know, he said he'd bring it up just to see what he thought. You know, and I'm sure they all have opinions. They're allowed to have opinions. Just a lot of them don't voice it. And Ben Wallace had a chance here to speak publicly about it, and I guess he took it. Anyway. That's besides the point. Uh, low, uh, we've seen LeBron annihilate Nurkic's career. Uh, yo, when is he gonna slow down? Like, wh- what year do you think he won't be we, able to dunk oh, like oh, that? Are we,
2: are we about to have this conversation. That's no, 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 no. I'm what's just what's saying, up.
1: like, you know how, like, when Vince Carter dunks now, everyone goes, Oh, look at that vintage, old school Vince Carter. I'm like, yo, he just dunked. Not everything is vintage or old school or a throwback or Air Canada. Like, wouldn't you think it get to that point where when we see LeBron dunk, we'd be like, "Oh wow, well, LeBron just dunked. That's surprising."
2: I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't see it happening anytime soon. That's that's the crazy part. And, and it's and, year um, fifteen. <laughs> yeah, and it, and, it, and no, and it's and it's year fifteen, which is um kind of scary. I I don't. I I look at LeBron and I've said that I I believe he can reach forty thousand points by the end of his career. And which is crazy but anyway which which is which is crazy and when i made that video i was i was doing a little stretching to get him the 40,000 points cuz i was making some adjustments here and there saying that he wasn't going to play 82 games every year however 15 years into his career this season he looks like he's he's on pace to play all 82 games this year in his career <laughs> it looks like he he's about to he's about to average um i think 27 points per game which is un- unprecedented. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily know when the last time we've seen something like that. And, and again, he doesn't look like he's slowing down at all. He's still jumping off. I mean, he's, he's, he's not as athletic. Af- Let me be clear here because I've had this debate with certain people. LeBron in his first seven years in Cleveland and where LeBron is at right now, he is not the same athlete. As crazy as it sounds,
0: mm-hmm. and he's and he's
2: still. No, a really, maybe he
1: lost explosiveness, but he's that's, that's
2: like, why that's what I mean. I mean he's still a great player. I'm just talking about as as his explosiveness and how quick he was and stuff like that. He's still a great player. Let's let me not let's not knock that at all. But I'm saying as as someone as his explosiveness is vertical, his leaping game. right when LeBron first got in the NBA, it was crazy the stuff he used to do when he used to just jump out. That I mean, used to jump out the gym for real for real. And again, it's not a knock, but I want to be clear, where he's at now is not where he once was. However, where he's at now and where he was in his last year or two in Miami, it's it's not that much different. It's I mean, to me it's 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 fairly the same. And the crazy part is people would make arguments saying that his last year and two in Miami That's where his prime was. He was still one of the elite level defenders. He was still giving you ridiculous stat lines. And so the fact that LeBron has been able to age so well to the point where we're asking ourselves in year 15, when will he slow down? I mean, again, like I said it before, I don't I don't know how you cannot say he's not at least top five, top three greatest
1: players of all time, man. Low, I have an objective for us on the next podcast, which I think is going to be very interesting. I haven't, I haven't seen it be done before, but I'm sure somebody's done it before. I want to rank the best benches in the NBA. That'd be interesting. A lot of people talk about. Oh, whoa, or- as a,
2: as a side note, you're supposed to make a top ten list. Thank you for reminding me this.
1: Oh my god, yo, why are you bringing you this up?
2: You were out? no, 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 because we. <laughs> in, in, what, how long how, how long we been in this podcast? I didn't
1: I didn't get a chance to. This is the, the list, perfect
2: man. time to start it off because we're wrapping up after you give us this top ten. So, agent
1: of, of all time
2: wasn't wasn't I
1: thought no, it, was it wasn't just it wasn't, top,
2: was it was top ten in the NBA. That's what it was. It wasn't all time. <sighs>
1: Low. I, I need to write it down. I need like five minutes to write it down. Agent, and then, we
2: recorded that podcast nearly a week ago. I didn't ago. get.
1: I didn't immediately finish the podcast and start creating a list, man. I went to no sleep. One, you know, agent. <laughs> no one didn't. No one <laughs> didn't
2: tell you to do that. That was nearly a week ago, though. You could have written two names down every Relax, day. It
1: wasn't a week ago, man. You're look at this guy. Embellishing, we recorded man.
2: it. We recorded like what Friday or Saturday.
1: I don't know when I, I lose track of days. I'm me use. All right, fine. It was every five
2: day. days ago. You still could have wrote. Two names down per day and got ten names.
1: This ass said two name, Come on, bro. You're treating it like a piece of homework. Like, you, you sound like a math teacher. Just finish the two math questions a day and you'll finish this. Just just do two pages a day and you'll finish. Nobody does that shit. Everyone just does it all at once or not at all. You see what I'm saying? So, I got a copy off a friend here, man. Can I call somebody and ask for some advice? Who? I'm playing. I don't need all that shit. Uh... Let's change the topic, though. The Raptors are fifty-one and seventeen. Right? Oh my god! You had to get to the Raptors. I know Clay Thompson just got a thumb injury, and Curry's been out, uh, which means they they might overtake the Warriors. Uh oh, consider- as a, as a, uh, uh, um, real quick, I just want to ask you this question:
2: If the Warriors are able to keep a fi- keep their second seed in the West, how is Kevin Durant not in the conversation for MVP? Not saying he should win it over uh, Harden, yeah. Not not saying she went over Harden, but like if if Clay and Curry missed the last what 15, 20 games of the regular season, how is he not in the conversation?
1: That's a good point. I I don't think he should be getting it, but I think he should be like top five, right? Yeah, like why
2: why I, cause I keep hearing like people saying, Oh my god, that team is so stacked. Like, if they if they're out, if they're missing the last fifteen or twenty games, the second or third best player. Why should he not be in the conversation to win MVP? That doesn't make any sense to me.
1: You can make an argument that, uh, Clay Thompson's injuries, is—we uh, don't know how long it's going to last, but like next week he could be back. The Curry one might last a little bit,
2: but it's not. It, it's, it's not. Thought that, I thought it, I thought it was a broken finger.
1: I heard it was sprained. I can. Oh, okay, have, okay. Well, it. never mind.
2: Well, he could. I don't. But he, I,
1: yeah, I don't sprained don't see them, right thumb. He's going to. I don't see them. Uh, I don't see games.
2: them. Ru- I don't see them rushing him back to the court though. So. You
1: know? uh, they said the timetable is by the end of the month. Hopefully they can get him back. But regardless, I don't think it's Neither. enough of a point in this. It's like, he, he doesn't have to carry as much because they're not out for long enough. You see what I'm saying? I think yeah. is argument people are going to make. Still, like, regardless of how many all-stars superstars he has on his team, Kevin O'Reilly is still, I think, in my opinion, the second best player in the league. And hmm.
2: Okay, so so we got the first and second player on your list.
1: Oh, my God, man. Because the, the, <laughs> the first
2: player is obviously LeBron, right?
1: Yes. Okay. Okay.
2: I'm going to be keeping You are trying count. to bait me, man. I see you, Lowe. It's not baiting. You're the one who literally said the second greatest player in the NBA. That's nah, you
1: but you immediately that. you did the segue, bro. You tried to you tried to strong arm me. Oh the, no, no, no. Oh, we we'll, don't okay. we'll, we'll have
2: to segue back into it. I'm just I'm going to be keeping a tally of these names. That's all.
1: Okay. All right. Interesting. Very interesting. Um. Also, honestly, I was going to say James, best, but I'm a chill.
2: Also, um, James Harden. Should be the unanimous MVP this year.
1: It should. It should be unanimous, and anybody who votes otherwise should be kicked off the voting. They should never, ever, because they keep changing up the priorities. One year it's about stats. Next year it's about stats and winning and combination. It's always skewed one way to give it to someone that's not hard. And If he doesn't get it this year, I'm I'm tired of it. All right. Oh no it's no 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 no.
2: I don't think that there's anyone who believes that he's not going to win it. This year, but, I think but, he should have won it yeah, last year the, too. This year, this year. But yeah. I, I'm going as far as saying that even though we're bringing up Anthony Davis and Dame and Katie and DeMar DeRozan, which are, that's all fine. And, and there's five selections that, that people are given for MVP, but it should be unanimously across the board. James Harden should win MVP. He, I agree he should be with that. The, he should be the unanimous MVP this year.
1: I agree. I think he should okay. get all the first place votes. Okay. I uh, just, I
2: just wanted, I want to be clear. Before we get to that point, James Harden should be the, the second unanimous MVP. Okay.
1: All right. That's all. Yo, because uh, I checked, there was an update uh, yesterday. Curry's going to be back next week. Clay Thompson in two weeks. So it was not as serious as I think people thought. Okay. But still, uh, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they kept him out for longer just because they're not in a rush to bring him back unless they want to fight for the first seed, which I don't honestly I don't even think they need. But I think would be valuable against Houston if it goes to a game seven. Um, but they were only a game and a half back. It's not too bad. And and I
2: would, I would go as far as saying that James Harden this year, I mean, I think it's debatable that he, I think he now, at least this year, he's unanimously the third greatest player.
1: James Harden? Yeah. This
2: year.
1: This uh, year. It, it, Do you mean best? Or is, you mean who's playing the best or who is the best? There's a difference. Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm talking about this year, like for this specific year. Like if we're talking about, just pure talent and what he's able to bring to the floor, and what we've seen, what he's done to this team for this year. I think. I mean, I think it's debatable between him and Curry, but just for just to give him his props this year, I would I would say that he's he's the third best player in in this year this year.
1: So that's a good question because I'm looking at a picture of Curry while you were saying that. If you had to choose like one guy, because they're pretty similar characters, Lowe. I think James Harden can attack the hoop a little bit better, but Curry could shoot the three a little bit better. But they still have stre- strengths in the same areas and weaknesses in the same areas like defense. So while they need guys to compensate for them, on the offensive end is where they get their money. If you have to like draft a team and choose between one of these two guys as your first pick, uh, Curry or Harden, just not based on what's happening this year, just as their entire careers, assuming no injuries, of course, I think that'd be a very challenging choice.
2: And I, and here's the thing. I think this year, what we've seen from Harden has made it a very challenging choice because of his ability to knock down threes. If I'm not mistaken, he's shooting threes at a ridiculous rate. Like I, I think his three-point uh, percentage, along with the attempts from behind the arc, are now at a point where they're similar to what Curry was doing for the last two years, especially before Kevin Durant joined the roster. So because he's such a lethal three point shooting, shooter, I don't know if he's at 40% like Curry, but like you said, they have strengths and weaknesses, but because he's able to knock down a three ball while also get to the lane, draw the foul and get to the free throw line while also contributing nine assists. That, that's the reason why it's so impressive to me. Um, and I don't think that I think over the last two to three years, even though Harden has played really, really well and there's definitely a, a argument to be said for him to win the MVP, I would still say over the last two or three years that Curry was the better player. But this year, what Harden is doing, it is, it is debatable. It is, it is very, very debatable. But again, like I said, I would, I would just, for this, because of this year, I would give Harden his props and put him ahead of Curry right now. And I would indeed, um, I'd say I probably wouldn't, I, I would have to see, Harden play well in the postseason first. Yeah, I gotta see I that agree. I gotta I, I gotta see that first. I can't I'm not ready to really jump the ledge that far just yet.
1: Um but I think I, when we look at what we're dis- doing. Well I know you just barely gave Harden the edge, but I think I'll go with Curry. By the way, Harden's shooting uh, a little over thirty seven point seven percent this year. But he sh- the, the frequency he shoots 10 threes a game, which is 10 insane. threes
2: a game, nearly ma- basically making four of them. That's yeah. I mean
1: that's that's ridiculous. I would that choose Curry ridiculous. given the choice. Below uh damn it, I wish I, I, I saved the tweet. Uh so a reporter asked Dan Tony a question, and this all ties in. Uh and Dan Tony went off on the reporter. Basically the reporter said, "Do you wish that your team would have went inside more?" A lot of people think that when the three ball is not hitting, try going inside. But D'Antoni set off. Like he went on a rant, and he basically gave him all the stats. D'Antoni said he, he was playing like an idiot earlier in his career. He was coaching like an idiot, and now he's a lot smarter with his decisions that he makes. And basically, what he was trying to say was things like an uncontested layup uh, per attempt is 1.7 points. A corner three, is 1.3 points. And he was giving this reporter all the numbers and he basically got down to it and he said a post-up is the worst shot you can take in basketball, is 0.7. And like he went off on this huge rampage and I think it all ties back into this because you look at the stats in general for the Houston Rockets, they hate taking mid-range shots. They only ever take threes, layups, or they love the corner three. They say it's the best shot in basketball. That's not an uncontested layup. And so it's weird that Harden's ability to play basketball meshes so phenomenally with D'Antoni's philosophy on what is like the highest percentage shots you can take. Now, there's going to be some nights like in the playoffs where everything misses and it's just not on your side, whatever, it happens. And I think in those games, a lot of people will point to the coach or the players and say, this guy choked or those guys can't really do it. And then they'll point to history and be like, James Harden won't win this year because of what happened last year regardless of the improvements they made, which is the same case they make for a couple other teams around the league. And so I just thought it was... <coughs> uh, the, the Toronto Raptors. Yes. So I just thought it was a very interesting response that D'Antoni was willing to publicly call himself an idiot for what he was doing in the past, especially because the second he said that, I immediately thought about what you were saying, and you're like, man, nah, yo, the Steve Nash, the D'Antoni, Phoenix Suns weren't even that good type stuff. I've never and
2: said that. I've never, ever, ever, ever said you that. You said you but said I, but I,
1: there's, you said their stats were exaggerated, which you can make a. They are, point for. they are. They are. Yeah, they, they, so. are exa- they are. They are. They are. They are. There's no. I don't think. So I don't know, know. It the, just kind of reminded me of you when I heard D'Antoni go on that rant. Basically, he's oh. saying. Going in the post is the worst shot in basketball, which is an interesting take.
2: Okay, I'll say I'll say this about D'Antoni. He was ahead of his time. There is no denying that the way that he 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 set up that offense in um, Phoenix was was amazing. He was a, basically able to break zone defense. And he forced teams to go back to man to man. He opened up the floor, and it made it that much easier for everyone on that team to get whatever looks they needed to get. But, and, and I hope this isn't the case for Dan Tony, and I hope at some point of his career, he'll be able to thoroughly understand that it's a more than just a number game. Because the, with the addition of Chris Paul, like you said, even though they, they only, they don't really shoot mid-range shots, Chris Paul knocks down mid-range shots. Yeah, Chris Paul, ne- nearly, nearly 30% of his shots, actually more than 30%, nearly 33% of his shots are from mid-range. So Chris Paul, he actually does knock down the mid-range game, and that is that it's needed in the NBA. Now the frequency of it is definitely—it's not even debatable at this point. Like it's definitely nowhere near as 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 frequent as it once was, and I don't think it needs to be. But you have to switch up the looks that you're giving the defense to keep them honest, because what ended up happening last year. Especially when you're de- defending, um, when you have a team that's defending you like the Spurs, that's coached by Popovich, that has a player like Kawhi on the roster, they understand your game plan. They thoroughly understand that you're either A, trying to get threes or B, getting to the lane. And so if you cut out the middleman, which is the mid-range game, and you basically force them inside and make sure you don't foul and give them t- tough looks inside the paint so they're not making as many, then they're going to be reluctant to start falling back on a three-point shot and it becomes easier to defend them. I understand what he's saying as, you know, it's, it's just an easy look. And especially when you're dealing with a player like James Harden, that three ball really start flowing. And, and I know Steve Nash wasn't the, he's not a scorer, but that was definitely an aspect of Steve Nash's game that he, he couldn't duplicate at the level of James Harden is right now. So, That that definitely introduces a whole aspect of basketball that many people were never expecting from a ball handler to do at the pace that James Harden is doing it. So, again, all credit to both James Harden and D'Antoni. But it it cannot be simplified to numbers because numbers can be embellished, they can be adjusted, they can be influenced, they can be inflated, and they're situational. And if you're guarding a team that is giving you the mid-range shot and you gotta take what you can get from time to time because you gotta put the numbers on the board. And, and that's a huge reason why, Dan Tony, despite the fact that he's been a really good coach throughout his entire career, he's never beaten Popovich. Popovich has outcoached him every single time in the postseason. Every and time.
1: And interestingly, Popovich goes in the post a lot, especially with Lamarcus Aldridge now, but even in the past with Tim Duncan. So, Dan Tony, when he... in can- the
2: past, it was different. In the, I believe it was in the past, it was different. Because one, there weren't as many shooters, especially efficient shooters from behind the yard that, like they are right now. But two, I mean, just post- speaking
1: in the last five, I'm not speaking in past decades. In the last five years alone, okay. the right. Spurs are a team that consistently go in the post if you look at their shot charts. Uh, I just thought it was really interesting. It was an in-depth response that we rarely ever get from coaches who usually just give the, yeah, okay, now nah, we tried, we didn't make our shots. like You know the generic responses you end up getting. I don't know what this reporter said to trigger D'Antoni, but uh, D'Antoni made a point and then came back to the point at the end, almost like it was like a diss track. Like you don't know what you're talking about. Stop asking stupid questions. This well, he is how still, I run my he's team. still
2: he's still looking for validation. And I don't think sad. that's what it is. It, it's it's maybe not sad, but he definitely holds grudges. If you heard his Culture of the Year um, speech last year, oh, he holds grudges. Because there was definitely a lot of people telling him that he ran bad. He didn't know what he was talking about when it comes to basketball. And 10 years later, the whole league is playing a style of game that is very reminiscent of what we saw from the mid two thousand um, Phoenix Suns. So I, I do believe that I don't want to, I don't want to say validation because I feel like Dantoni is a, is a, a person, not even just a coach is a person that, that will stick to his guns. And maybe, like you said, recently he's been much more vocal about it, but he, he definitely stuck to his guns in the past, especially when he was dealing with the Knicks. So maybe validation is the wrong word to, to choose there, but he's still a, a person that hold, hold, he holds grudges, like he just does. And it's very, very clear that he does. And rightfully so, because he's been right Yeah, to, and to a bigger well, extent.
1: Just to outline before we end the podcast how challenging what he did was he was able to stay relevant for decades now and there's a lot of coaches in the NBA who can can play one way but once you ask them to switch things up or now you have this player basically form your team and your style your game plan based on your personnel they don't know how to do that and so just his ability to adjust and shout out to the guys like James Harden who went from shooting guard to ball handler back to shooting guard and they're like find a way to adjust James Harden you should be able to and he's done it without like not even like a bump in the road, you know. It's, it's oh, he's, pretty... he's, still, he's still a ball handler though. He's still, you know. But we not now. He wasn't get the usage rate or the assists he was getting last year. But anyway, uh, I feel like that was a good note to end the podcast on. Uh, I disagree with what he said about post ups and percentage and stuff. You could date back in even recent history and find players and teams that use the post. And we're able to consistently win games. He's right. It is a challenging shot to hit. And 99% of players in the NBA shouldn't attempt them consistently. But there are the few who just find a way to make him hit. Like uh, DeRozan did against the Houston Rockets uh, in mid-range, wildly contested. And what Mike D'Antoni will consider a horrible shot is actually what helps seal the game for the and Raptors. I, and I, and the I,
2: was, I was actually just about to point that out too. They, The, the team that they lost to to snap their winning streak was a team that features a player that dominates from mid.
1: But But interestingly enough, uh, Lowe, Dwayne Casey has picked a note from Mike D'Antoni. To start the season, they made it a note to avoid shooting excessive mid-ranges. If you look at the amount of three-point attempts they're taking, it's increased significantly. It's a lot of uh, inside and three. So he's almost picking up a hybrid between what he used to do and what D'Antoni's doing, uh, just because statistically... That's what makes sense, and people like Charles Barkley feel that and go fucking crazy. Like stats, stats. Who needs stats? <laughs> I, I agree, but you just you just can't you you can't
2: eliminate because you're right. I'm looking at it right now. They're, they're third in um three point attempts right now, and this is the um Toronto Raptors in the NBA right now. They're third to three point attempts. So yeah, I, I agree. There's definitely aspects of the game of basketball. is how it's developed over the years that you cannot you just can't ignore it. You you cannot ignore. How the NBA has changed over the last several seasons. I just saw something along the lines where three years ago the league average was around ninety nine points per game for a team on average. Now it's up to like one hundred and seven. Yeah. Like the NBA is is just, is vastly changing every single season. And if you're in denial of the direction that it's heading into, then you will get left behind. And so I'm I I'm, I'm I'm open for that, but. You cannot ignore certain aspects of basketball, especially if that's what the defense is giving you, because if the defense is giving you a mid-range shot, you have to take it, and you have to have players on your team that are not only willing to take it, but are able to make those shots, because if not, it makes it that much more easier for the the opposing team to defend you, and this is the year for D'Antoni, just like James Harden as well, where... He's going to be tested to figure out if he's going to be able to make those on-the-fly adjustments because that has definitely been a huge knock on D'Antoni as his continu- as his career has continued that he just doesn't make adjustments and he sticks to his guns.
1: Yeah, I agree a thousand percent, man. Anyway, uh, we're going to end the note on that. Yo, these guys is pressing me to play pro M-Low. I can't even enjoy it. Just talking with my guy legend, bro. Just talking basketball without being pressed to play pro am, man. Oh my god, my life is so frustrating and also amazing at the same time, yo. Thank you guys for watching the off top podcast, otherwise known as the Back to Party
2: Oh, podcast. Well, highlight highlight player of the pod.
1: I, I wasn't gonna do that, but I feel like we're already past the time, so I was like, we could we could hold. Just, I know just, you just, just real quick name somebody. I don't have any ways thing. I can I can name somebody off top. Uh, shout out to my guy CJ Miles, bro. He just put out a tweet earlier saying he hasn't had this much fun playing basketball in a while. Raptors on a 10 game winning streak. And honestly, CJ Miles is a very important piece of that. He takes a lot of contested, ridiculous threes, and sometimes they drop, but relative to Patrick Patterson, whoo, whole new world. I love <laughs> oh my the guy. God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I love the guy, man.
2: Uh, shout out to Julius Randle over the last like two or three weeks now. He's been playing ridiculous. Put a consistent like twenty point score, grabbing like eight to ten rebounds. So yeah, shout out to Julius Randle, bro. He been doing his thing, man.
1: Alright. And on that note, uh these guys is fucking bothered me forever to play this game, It It's crazy, man. Uh but no. yo, I, I enjoyed this podcast. It was we definitely I like talking about like not necessarily news but just like basketball topics that otherwise don't get discussed that I find really interesting I think we did a lot of that today it might have been the podcast name Lo We gotta think of some more NBA Street related podcast names (laughs) alright I I guess I guess (laughs) (laughs) we'll catch you guys later yo wait wait can I do Lo
2: no can you please no stop (laughs) someone hit me someone hit me up on Twitter was like bro tell Agent to let you say peace bro tell him Somebody hit me up on Twitter and said, "Yo, Asian, Yo, you didn't I, say it on the can last Can I say podcast. it? Can I say it? Right,
0: though? Can it, I say it? it. You're so... Oh my god!
1: We'll <laughs> get added on that note,
0: man. Flow here with a really weird word: buttery. Buttery. It's not quite butter. It's it's more butterish. Or maybe buttery is like butchery or bakery, a shop that sells artisanal butter products. Dig in, America. Now a word that's even more weird, flotection. Sure, it's not really a word, but it is really good protection for your new home through me and Progressive. No ifs, ands, or butteries about it. Sorry. Save an average of 17% on car insurance when you bundle home and auto through Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.